Oh, no, no, don't get so quiet. No, 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 no. Hey, who is that sitting back there with the new shoulder? How are you doing? Pain level and everything's good? As good as pain can be. <laughs> good, good. Muscle spasms. Well, it couldn't be because they've stretched everything everywhere, could it? Yeah. Glad you're back. That's great. Uh, message from the youth department. A huge thank you to all who gave generously for the 413 barbecue. Listen how much you all gave. After all the expenses paid, $2,024. Isn't that awesome? That's a good report. That's awesome. Also, announcement-wise, next camp meeting will be Friday, March 18th. Now that we're in March, that's not very many days away. Man, oh man, oh man. 6.30, 4.13 rec room. Uh, also, the Mardi Gras crew's back. Harold's back. They come in about 8.10, around 8 o'clock, 8.10 this morning. Drove all night. And I said, Harold, did you go home and sleep? He didn't sleep. So I'll probably look out there and he'll be going. I'll let you get by with it tonight. It'll be all right. <laughs> all good. In the book of James, if you will, go to chapter 3. We're going to walk through the entire chapter. And you say, wow. Well, it's only 18 verses, so we'll make that. I'm sure we will. Yeah. But I want to back up to chapter 1 and just real quick walk through it. Uh, talked about being, having joy and suffering, counted all joy. I, I just still, every time I bring that up, I laugh because I'm sure Scott wasn't saying that when he was in such pain right after surgery, but it is all joy. There's a reason for everything that goes on. And what's interesting about that chapter is as you read it, uh, he's informing us. You know, I used to read this and, and separate everything, but he wrote the book. He didn't, he wasn't a spastic. So when it's talking about wisdom, he's talking about asking wisdom because you just went through a trial and a, and a tough part of your life. And you've got to count it all joy. Well, to count, for me to count it all joy, I need some wisdom on how to walk through it. And that's what he says in the book. And then in the midst of that, he says, you know, and remember that temptation is not a trial. Temptation's from the devil. We all get tempted every day. I think the thing that encourages me in, in the area of temptation is I know that Christ was tempted by everything that we'll ever be tempted by, and he never sinned. And he never sinned because he never thought about it, but the time it come through, and then he let it go and didn't spend time on it. Uh, it goes on and tells us in, in the book of James that uh, the reason you end up sinning is because you stayed with it and the lust of your own pleasures and your own thoughts and things, and so... We've got to take that wisdom that he gives us and put it to work. And then we've got to, in that same first chapter, he's talked about not being double-minded, which, in other words, don't listen to the garbage and stay after the wisdom and continue to think on the wisdom and watch the wisdom do its work and trust him. Chapter 2 went right on in and said, love everyone wherever they are, no matter the ups or the downs or where they are. You love everyone, and, but you've got, to, you've got to have faith in your doing and it's got to have works, but not the kind of works that I used to think. 
I used to read that and think, well, he's talking about you've got to go to church and you've got to work in class and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. He's talking about your everyday life of doing the fruit of the Spirit. That's works. That's, that's operating in the spirit realm. You know, we have a free choice. I was, I was, talking, to, I was talking to somebody here a couple of days ago, and their daughter is living with a man that has got a record. Well, number one, she's making a choice to live with somebody in, in, in sin. And then they got pulled over, and because he had other warrants, they searched his car, and he had drugs, and he talked the girl into taking the rap for the drugs. But she says, but I'm a Christian, and I was following the Holy Spirit. Duh. No, you was following your temptations, and it took you to sin. Now she's going to get fined for having the drugs, and she's going to have it on her record. And it's, and it's not going to get better until she starts making right choices. <laughs> Wrong choice. I mean, there's, you know, we, real revelation hit me. when I, Somebody even said it to me. We have a free will. And we choose. We get to choose. But you do not get to choose the consequences. Good or bad. I mean, you'll have, maybe have a good consequence. You'll maybe have a bad consequence. But you don't know where that consequence is going to take you or where it's Choices can destroy your life. My, my oldest son was in, was in adultery. He admits it. He tried to get away from it. She wouldn't get away from it. But fact is, now he's in prison for life because that was the key that they used to, to pin the murders on him. What do you do about it? Consequences. Drew is, Drew, I was telling Drew the other day, he likes to elbow in sports and likes to do that kind of stuff. I said, Drew, that's not sportsmanship. That choice could, could hurt somebody. That's not how you play basketball. Do you follow what I'm saying? But that all comes back to using the wisdom that God gives us and the choice that God gives us. And I'm tested every day with my faith, and everybody here is. But when temptation comes, you can real quick discern Where's that going to take me if I take that choice and go with that route? Well, it's going to feel good. Well, it might feel good for a moment, but it could destroy you for the rest of your life. So James is, is such a good book to read over and over and over and over and over. In that same, in that same chapter, I'm going to back up here. In that same chapter, he, he tells us, though, that you've got to make those, you've got to make those, daily choices of working your faith so people will see the right side of, of where you're wanting to go. You know, a lot, a lot of times you can work with people and work with people and work with people and you never know if they're saved or not. That's because they don't bear any fruit because they're not walking in that side of it. They're not making those right choices. But God's good. But chapter 3 is an interesting chapter. It's really, it's really just talking about, most of it's about what you say. And how you say it. So I'm going to read through it very slow. We've only got 18 verses. And we're going to talk about each, each verse. Maybe some of them together. Chapter 3 verse 1 says. My brethren let not many of you become teachers. Knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Well, before we go into that very far. I used to read this. As God's going to judge me. If I become a pastor. 
If I make a mistake, God's going to get me. Read it. It doesn't say that. And when you find out that you've already been judged, Jesus died for you and you was already judged, I'm being judged by, well, you all. I mean, I know for a fact, I can tell by the looks on lots of people's faces sometimes, and I learn not to look at their faces, that, that they're critiquing everything I say, and that's okay. But I have to face that. And because what he's going to be talking about is what you say. So everything I say, and maybe I shouldn't be saying this right now to you, everything I say, you need to critique it. You need to make sure that it's Scripture. But you've got to know that when any of us say anything wrong, we're going to cause damage that sometimes never leaves. That's back to the choices he talked about in the first chapter. Whatever you say is going to come back on you. Well, it goes on and it says, he says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. See, if you can learn how important what you say, how it affects your life and everybody in your family, if you can learn that if you're a rager at home and you're screaming and hollering and saying things you shouldn't be saying, trying to get your point across, all you're doing is damaging the entire family because whatever you say, see, you can't, but if you can control that, which you're supposed to be able to work on that, if you can control that and you trust God with the things you say, then you line yourself up, and it says you become perfect, but that word actually is mature. You grow up as a Christian. When people listen to you, they can tell where you are spiritually by the things that you say, not in church, outside of church. When someone walks up and you're screaming about something, you show who you really are. You show, and we're going to get into it, the Bible says from the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. So you're not saying it unless you've really brought that type of a spirit inside of you. And that goes back to the first chapter talking about what fruit are you making? Chapter 2, it says, you've, you work. What are you work? What are you working? You've you got to work your faith. And to work your faith, you've got to walk walk in Christianity and trust what's going on. Goes on and it says, it says, for we stumble, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in the word, he is a mature man able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put the bits in horses' mouths that we may obey, he may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Then it goes on and it says, look also at the ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, whatever the pilot desires. It's giving us an example there of how small of an object can direct the direction of the ship, for example. I mean, these big cargo ships that you see in the ocean, if you've seen the rudder compared to the size of the ship, you would think, how in the world? Well, it's, our tongue is the same way. It's one of the smallest, but it's the most damaging, and it, it shares that, and it's, that's what this whole chapter's about. You say, well, pastor, I don't really want to hear this. Well, I know that, but this is such a vital, to me, this is the most important chapter that you can meditate and read because if you can get your mouth in line, you say, well, they're wrong and I'm right. You're selfish and they're not. 
But see, if you're arguing with anybody, you are just selfish trying to get your point across. When in fact, you have an opinion, they have an opinion, give your opinions and then leave it alone. Maybe I better not be preached this tonight. But it's the truth. Now, you all think back when you get mad at each other or mad at somebody. You're, 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 think about what you're doing. You are trying to get your point across. You can do that calmly. And you can share your heart. Well, they won't listen to me. They're listening. They're just trying to talk over you. If you just back off, get your point across, then just be quiet. And then what God wants to get done, God will get done. That's, that's, I could really stop now. That's what this whole, this whole thing is about. But, let, but let's go through it because it's got so much good in it. It said in verse 5, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles? Think about that. We've had, we've had fires out in Colorado and out in California it wasn't lit by a big fire. It was just a little bitty amber that started it and looked. But see, the tongue does the same thing. The tongue gets something going, then it won't leave it alone. And it just keeps. And, and, and whatever, I've said this so many times here. Whatever you say is where you're going. And if you're one that carries unforgiveness towards somebody, you are in trouble. Because what you've done is you've fed yourself, fed yourself, fed yourself, fed yourself because you've, you've not forgiven. And then you're going to speak, 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 and then pretty soon you wonder why. And what you're doing in that is you're making a choice. And then when you make that choice, then there's going to be consequences of that choice. It's always that way. That's just the way it is. And this, this just goes over it and goes over it and goes over it. Verse 6 says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. So if you all think about the problems you've had maybe in your marriages or with your kids, think about what was said. Think about the heartache you've had when someone said something about you. Think about those people that gossip, that think they know, but they don't follow the scripture and they share everything they hear because they think it's the truth. Ah, it's all from that tongue and the damage is unbelievable. There, there are people that have left this church because of one thing that was said at the door when they come in. I mean, I know for a fact, and I say, you're allowed, you, you quit coming to church three and a half years ago because of one person? Well, they shouldn't have said that. Well, see, they've got a problem, but the person that said something had the problem, but look what it did. And they didn't say much wrong. You know what they said? Been a long time since I've seen you. So you've got to be so careful with everything. You say, well, Pastor, this is not any fun listening to this. I'm trying to help you. I goof every day. Everybody in here, come on. 
There's nobody in here that's got this down. But we need to be reminded on a daily basis. It's, it's interesting. I stood up here last time I talked, and I talked about you, you, can't, you, you don't talk about people. The day wasn't half over, and I caught myself talking about somebody. But I did it in a way, you know, where it was kind of a joke. It didn't make any difference. I said it. Come on. We all need this. So, so listen and, and pay attention. It is so, and if you, you know, back to, if you're an unforgiving person towards your wife, towards your husband, grow up and let God have them and enjoy your marriage while you got it. I would give anything for one day with my wife. And we had a good marriage because we tried to follow this and we just laughed at each other. We learned early on in our marriage, you be you, I'll be me, and let's just laugh about it. And we did. She had her opinion, I had my opinion, we went on with life. And that made it 47 years of excellence. And if I ever find another woman, it'll be the same way, or I won't marry her. Why? Because I know the damage that the tongue does. Well, no, let's say that. I kind of know, because I still do it. But yet, we've got to learn that well, it goes on and tells you that you can't do it. That's the part that blows my mind in this. Listen to what it says. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. Okay, I read that and I thought, well, then what's the use? I'm just going to go and let it out. It tells us what to do as we go on down. Fact is, I can't do it. Fact is, God's got to do it. But fact is, from the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks. So then if I'm going to fix this tongue, then i got to fix this right here. So then I've got to watch the right stuff, read the right stuff, talk the right stuff, live the right stuff, be the right stuff. I've got to allow my faith that he talked about in the first chapter. I've got, to get, I've got to work my faith by forgiving, by letting things go, by not taking offense. Harold called me today, and we, he was talking. It was, a, it was something that we sometimes need to talk more about, but I had someone with me, and I couldn't talk. And I said, I said, Harold, right now I really can't talk. Well, that bothered me because I didn't want it to bother him. So I waited for him to come out, to, out of his car, and I said, Harold, did I not? I don't want you to take offense. At the time, I couldn't talk, and we need to talk some other time. No offense taken. But see, he could have. Because we have a choice. But see, we've got to walk our faith. We've got to work our faith. We've got to do what the Bible says. We've got to follow up and recognize how damaging the things that we say, or let me even add to that, or how damaging not saying anything. I cannot imagine being married to somebody that never talked to me. Why would you even be married? That's like saying you're a Christian and you never talk to God. You can't have a relationship with someone without talking. Well, they'll say the wrong thing. Well, forgive them. Maybe in time they'll not do that. Why don't you spend time praying? I mean, the tongue, pray out loud, pray in the spirit, pray over the situation. It's all a matter of us doing 
what needs to be done by following what this Bible tells us to do. And it's not in works, it's just in the consequences. He gives us his stuff not as a law. James is not talking about this as a law. He's talking about this. Listen, I'm an apostle of the church of Jerusalem, which was thousands. Back in those days, thousands is a mega church. I mean, they had 5,000 come in. They had 3,000 come in besides the women and children. So he's seen problems. He was dealing with people that lived in the Jewish law and come out of the Jewish law. He lived in the problems. But he said, listen, watch what you say to each other. Let people have space. Give them room and recognize you can't fix. It goes on. It goes on in here and it talks about, let's just read it. With it, Verse 9, with it we bless our God and the Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in, this, in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursing. My brother, these things ought not be. Now listen to what he says. Does not the spring send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? It can't happen. But you can't fix that. See, we are contaminated. It's like, go down in the Mississippi. It's just water, but it's been contaminated by all the plants up north and everybody that's going to the bathroom in it. And it looks like water, but you drink it. You look like the catfish that live in it. But we're contaminated just like that because of Adam and Eve. And we've got to allow our hearts to start changing. And we've got, to, we've got to have a purifying plant. Well, that purifying plant is the Holy Spirit. But we've got to get that in us. And we've got to read this word and gives us the chlorine that gets rid of the bacteria. And we've got to wash the word, wash the word. We've got to wash yourself, wash yourself. And then in time, when we speak, it's what he's saying. When you speak then in time, you're going to start speaking blessing. You're going to start loving people. You're going to start accepting your wife even though she's nerdy, accepting your husband even though he's a klutz. You, you, you're just going to start accepting them how they are, and then you just enjoy life. Life is only, uh, why wouldn't we want to enjoy and have fun every moment that we can and get ourselves out of the way? Well, you can. I know you can. I did it to a degree. I recognized this is stupid. Why would I want to live like this? When the Bible gives me the answer of how to live. I am contaminated. I do have wrong thoughts. That's all part of stuff that you battle. But the more I get this and the more I trust him, I don't have to fix it. When I clean it and clean it and clean it, pretty soon I can drink it. I would hate to think that I tried. Well, I won't even drink the water in Chester because it's got so much chlorine in it. But it won't kill you. Well, I guess in time it could. But you're following what I'm saying. We've got to recognize that we live in a contaminated body, but we've got to recognize we can, we can renew our mind. We, can, we can't watch everything that's on the television. I caught myself watching movies that were, because during the winter, looking for things to do, I would just Netflix and just look for movies. And 
if it, if it was real violent, I was catching myself watching something that was real violent. Good movie, good movie, some of them, but just real, a lot of violence in it. And then I'd go to bed and I'd wonder why I tossed and turned and had bad dreams. And well, it's because of what I was putting in. You say, well, you mean I can't watch a movie? No, I didn't say that. I just said, so what do I, what do, I do now? Like prior to this service, I turn on Pure Flick and watched a movie that was just good, wholesome movie. Well, then I sleep better the night before, and then I do better when I get up and preach. Well, it really works, doesn't it? Yeah, it really works. Now, if I want to be a lunatic, I'll watch one of them movies. It's no different. I watched the movie on Calabine, Calabine, however you say that, in Denver. And the kids that did the shooting fed theirself on the video games. So coming into the school was just a video game to them. They had bitterness and unforgiveness because they'd been bullied, but yet they'd fed themselves, fed themselves, fed themselves how to make bombs and how to shoot and how to do, and that, so they was reliving. And then at the end of killing a bunch of kids, they recognized, oh my gosh, what we do, bluey, they shot their own self all from feeding the wrong stuff. Now, why am I bringing that up? Because that's what he's talking about here. He's talking about you've got to go the right direction here. You've got to recognize what you've got going. Let me find where I was at. Then it says, verse 12, he's emphasizing again. He says, Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Then he, then he goes into the next section of this, and he, and he says, Who is wise and understanding among you? That's what the, your pastor's doing right now. Who is wise and understanding among you all? Listen to what I got to say. Listen to this. He says, Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. What wisdom? The wisdom he talked about in the first chapter. You're going through a trial, you put off temptation, you're fighting that, get wisdom from God and use that wisdom. And then you, as you use that wisdom, then you're going to grow through this. Look what it says. But if you have bitter, listen to this. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts and do not boast and lie against the truth, this wisdom does not descend from above, but earthly and sensual and demonic. Right back to what I was saying. Have you fed your heart with the wrong stuff? Have you, in your, in your, in your trying to get your way and control the household, have, have you argued and argued and argued and screamed and hollered about you want it this way, you want it this way, you want it this way, you, you won't listen to the other side of the story, you won't listen to the other opinions, you won't let God take care of it? Look what it brings. It says, For it, where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So when you've got that and you've brought it on by choices, you're going to have consequences. And the consequences, I'm telling you, if you are arguing and fighting at home, I promise you, according to this scripture right here, you will have confusion and you will have consequences of evil of all kinds just because you want your way. Well, I lose my temper. You only lose your temper because you're used to having control, and you can't have control. You're selfish. Don't throw anything at me. I'm just giving you the truth. I'm giving you what the Word says. 
You say, well, well, my husband's a nerd and I know better. Do you? You think you do and you really, and we do. I mean, come on. When we know we're right, we know we're right. Well, I understand that, but maybe you're not right. Just because you think you know, that doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> Greg come in today. And I was giving John a hard time about the color of the folder he gave me, just cutting up. I said, yeah. I said, you give me this old ugly black one. Greg goes, he come in bringing our mail. He said, how do you know it's black? You were told it was black. I was told as a little child, that's black. But ask Neil what's red. And ask me what's red. His red or green to me. Oh, yeah. When we look at a stop sign, he sees a red light that's green, and I see a green light that's red. See, we, but, but it's the truth in my mind. But that doesn't make it the truth in the household. That doesn't make it the truth. You give your opinion that it's a green light. He'll give his opinion. Now, there's no sense me and Neil having a knockdown drag out about it. I'm just going to run the red light, and he's going to run the green light. <laughs> see, but see, mine is, mine is I'm going to get through. He's not. Because <laughs> when it was green, he thought it was red, and when it was red, he thought it was green, and he ran the red light. In my understanding... But let's go back. So let's give our opinion. I mean, we didn't know this till the other day. And he said, what color is that? And I said, well, that's red. He said, no, it's not. It's green. I said, really? Did we argue about it? Well, no. What's the sense? But that's how we do in our households. And that's how we do with our opinion. We don't go back to what the Bible says. We allow envy and jealousy and this to come into our household. And all we do is tear the whole household up because we think we're right. I better go on. Oh, yes, I better go on. I've already talked longer than I wanted to talk. Fifteen. This wisdom does not descend from above, but the earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and evil things are there. Now, listen, but now he's given us the answer toward the end. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, of good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. That's what we're supposed to be speaking. That's what we're supposed to be saying. You can even give your opinion with that heart. Especially if the other one will let you talk. I mean... <laughs> It's such an awesome thing to recognize that God gives us the wisdom, and when he does and we pull it in, we know it's from above, and we know it brings peace. <laughs> we know it's gentle. We know it's willing to yield, not selfishness. We understand that there's mercy in the midst of whatever's going on either side of the story. We understand there's good fruit going to come out of it. We understand that, that we're not partial about situations or people. Well, they're just dumb. They don't know anything. They got Alzheimer's. They shouldn't even be talking to me. I mean, that's how we are. 
And it goes on, and it says, and without hypocrisy. In other words, it, you're not a hypocrite in your life. You're just sharing what you really believe, and it's the truth, and you, and you do the truth. You're not, you're not screaming at each other at home and behind closed doors, and you come here, and you're just Mr. and Mrs. Christian. <laughs> you're who you really are everywhere. I should be able to walk in any house, anytime, 24-7, and you're doing the same thing you do here. If you read chapter 3. <laughs> and sometimes people say, were you at my house? No, that's when the Holy Spirit's showing me. And he does. He does. Which is so cool, but not cool. Verse 18, we're going to close out. It says, now the fruit, we say, well, why does he, why does he throw this in? Listen to what it says. Now the fruit of righteousness, what, what do you mean fruit of righteousness? Working your faith, look what it does. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace in those who make peace. In other words, when you do, when you do the word and you work your faith properly, you will have peace. And I love, I love this scripture. It's probably one of my most favorite scriptures. Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Now, it didn't say, it does not say, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth unless it is a fact. It doesn't say that. If, if I know the truth about someone and I know it's damaging to anybody, I would say... Why would I say it? Number one, it's none of my business. Number two, why would I say it? You say, well, Pastor, you never do that? Yes, I do it. I'm preaching to myself. I don't do it as much as I used to, and that's what I'm working on. I'm trying to clean the sewer plant out. I was talking to Donna. The lymph nodes in your body is your sewer. And when they do surgery on you and they take your lymph nodes out, they're checking to see if you've got cancer in your sewer plant. And if you've got cancer in your sewer lines, you're going to have it everywhere. we got to clean this up. Somebody has been through cancer knows what I'm talking about. we got, we got to clean this up. We, but we got to clean. We got, we, we're, we're already, we're, uh, listen, we're already good. We're already saved. We're already judged. We're all, we've got everything we need. We just have to be sensitive to that spirit and not make stupid choices. And allow ourselves to be fed with eternal stuff from above so that when we speak, we're speaking the rest of this. It goes on and says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. That's what James 3 says. He's not cutting anybody down. He's just saying, pay attention to what you say, feed your heart, and say good stuff. And in the midst when you do, your fruit of righteousness will bring peace and by those who make peace. You'll, you'll, you'll be a blessing to people. There's nothing better than being around people that just make you feel good. Well, somebody that's gossiping and talking about people is not going to make you feel good because now i got to deal with it. If somebody talks about Kevin and tells me about it, then now I gotta, I'll look at Kevin differently than I've ever looked at Kevin before. True or not about what they said. That's why it's so damaging. I've been on this the last three or four times I've, I've brought, I've preached, but I've seen so, many, so much hurt in this church just because Christianese people talk about people. Give me a break. You're as low on the totem pole as they come to me. 
and you pastor you're judging yes maybe I am and I got I'll, I got to deal with that but there's so much hurt by the mouth and we got to recognize right in our family you can make your marriage the best marriage there is just shut up well I don't talk no that that's not what I said let no word let, let, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but which is good and necessary. I, I, I love that. The, the word edification there actually means construction. Don't put anything out there that's not going to be foundation and firm and godly. No matter how crazy things are, count it all joy and let God fix it. And then when God fixes it, it'll stand forever. Let's stand up. You're still going to have 10 minutes to give somebody a hard time. <laughs> if you're here today and you recognize, I need to work on that. Let's let God do that. Don't have to raise your hand and embarrass anybody. Just, just, you know where you're at. I know where I'm at. We know where we're at. I know it's an endless battle for me. You know, you, you think sometimes when you're talking about somebody that you're doing it, well, you know, let's pray about this. That doesn't give you the right to do that. We've got to come to that place of that stuff that's going to hurt anybody, that stuff that I'm going to say that's not going to build a foundation for them, why am I saying it? Father, I thank you that everybody here, by the sound of my voice, we're going to take this word that James gave us, we're going to recognize that he's given us the answer just to allow, just to, to, to allow us to, to clean up what we've got, to let the word clean us up so that when we do speak, the only thing we've got in there is clean water. The only thing we've got is those things that we should speak. Put a check on us when we recognize right in the middle of a sentence that we're talking about somebody that we just stop and thank you that you're forgiving God and helping us to the next step in our life. We trust in you, Lord. We can't do this. You tell us plainly in the word that we cannot do it ourselves. So we're asking that you help us through the power of the Holy Spirit to check us, to test us, to walk with us. We thank you that when we're tempted, we know it, we recognize it, and we don't spend time there, but we spend time in you and what you're doing in our lives. And we thank you, thank you, thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Call you blessed. You are dismissed. Give somebody a hug and say, I'm sorry what I said about you. <laughs> <laughs>